How's it going, everybody? This is Militant Thomist, and I'm joined by Apologia Anglicana. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just finished off a Latin class, and then now I get to uh, do what I actually want to do. Not that I hate <laughs> Latin class, but, uh, but you know how it is. Okay, so um, we have a question right off the bat from Matthew, but I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna right. give it a second. So just so everybody knows, this is a Q&A. So that requires questions and that requires us to give answers. So no questions means that praise we, is optional. That means that we get to <laughs> praise is optional. We get to um, oh, recommended. We, we can uh, just talk about what we want if you guys ask no questions and uh, I don't think you guys want to want to hear us just talk about weird niche Anglican stuff. So uh, first off, do you hate, because if I were you, I would hate this. Do you hate being called Apologia Anglicana 2.0 or um, the new Apologia Anglicana? Well, actually, I, I don't I don't think I remember ever being called Apologia Anglicana 2.0, except in like one or two tweets. Uh, that's fine, right? That it, It's it's. You know, if you want a version number me, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but but I will say you have to be consistent. So when I go, right, either I hand it off to someone or I die or I become a Romanist and someone else <laughs> has to take over the project, then he needs to be Apology Anglican kind of 3.0, right? And then but I'm thinking if I get married, I need to be Apology Anglican kind of 2.1 because it's like the revision. The so revision. As, as long as we're consistent with our version numbering, I think we're okay. Um, new apology, Anglicana. Yeah, we're under new management. That's okay. We're under new management. <laughs> yeah. it's, you, it's the it's like the apostolic see. Did did you take a uh, did you take an uh, an apology, Anglicana name? We gotta we gotta <laughs> start that trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it editor. What 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 should I do? Maybe uh, editor Pius. That's who I am. Editor Pius. Yeah. And I'm the first edit. I'm the first editor to take a name. So editor Pius the first. I will crash and burn AA if I become 3.0. <laughs> Caden, you you you're already militant, Jamie. So we can't. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other Paul. Have you uh, have you ever um, interacted with the other Paul much? Except in the uh, Discord chat, you're both in there. Oh, is uh, I don't know. Oh, the other Paul is the guy that I did the chill streams with. He's the guy oh, that okay. um, he made the slap some Newman on it video. Oh, okay. No, Have you I've seen heard, that video? Think, uh, I've heard of, I've like, I've come across it and now it's become a bit of a meme, but I haven't watched it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, the other Paul, can I play your video or will I get, will I get uh, messed up for that? But we're going to answer a question before that while we wait for the other Paul. Who is just Paul? Just Paul is the, uh, is the Apostle Paul, St. Paul. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on Whoopi Goldberg and the Holocaust? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you, you have to understand that whenever I come across Whoopi Goldberg, I, I, I think like I move on, right? Because I have a life. Mm -hmm. So I heard something or whatever, and she has plenty of money and she's black, so she's not going to be censured for too long. So, oh well. Yeah. Um, that, that, was, that was pretty darn bad. I mean... Holocaust, well, it's not about race. I mean, it just depends on how you define race. She's a bit equivocating on the term race. Well, the base take, like the real red pill is to say that race doesn't exist. So 
That is true. Race does not exist. Okay, so we got a different question on set of a contism. So, Ooh. oh, John Politis is back. John, it's so good to see you. Did you see our um, two chill streams ago, John? We did a little uh, read through some of your comments. I was kind of oh. worried about you because I haven't seen you in a while, but um, I kind of missed you, John. You're you're you definitely liven up the live chat. So he was. He was a set of a contest in the SSP. I know. Yeah. So if you actually let a priest know in the SSPX, then they should have denied you communion, but whatever. Because, because didn't, I mean, I know that you had a specific or have a specific do devotion to Archbishop Lefebvre, but were you ever in the, um, in the SSPX? Oh, there you go. Okay. Any cute. Well, that's Jesus. Any cute. <laughs> <laughs> right that's Archbishop Lefebvre. honestly yeah. i go back and forth on archbishop Lefebvre. i mean maybe we could uh we could do a stream one time where you talk about archbishop Lefebvre. yeah because sure. i i hear i hear mixed reviews and mm -hmm. i mean everybody is trying to grab Lefebvre for their own um their own dirty devices and some people it's to be a set of a contest and then other people actually want to uh want to follow him if I become an Anglican bishop, why? Well, there. Oh, wait. If I say this, I'll never become a bishop. That's awesome. Okay. If I become an Anglican <laughs> bishop, I'm gonna like canonize Marcel Lefebvre, Could and, and, and make the society immensely upset. Uh, I think that'll force ecumenism, honestly. But um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, with the continuing view of the papacy, it's kind of you get you get all around sort of sort of people you get some people that are like super super friendly mm -hmm. to the papacy like almost anglo papalists mm -hmm. then you'll get other people that are just like i hate the roman pontiff and he's terrible and, <laughs> I, and I, I never I, will ever have communion with him well and and that also depends on the current roman pontiff um so yeah no the set of a contism is is not compatible with marcel lefebvre's teaching of course they'll take certain phrases yeah and the society has published immensely which is why whenever people say oh just you know like spx set of a conscious like those are not the same thing and you don't know what you're talking about um mm -hmm. however like i don't believe that this I, yeah i don't believe the sea is vacant right the sea is filled by bergoglio and um which is francis. a source which is a source of, or france like i'll use that but you know yeah um right and it's disappointing, but it is what it is. Now, of course, it has less of an effect for me, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. So, um, so I was a set of contest PX, and now I'm a continuing Anglican in the Anglican Catholic Church, which is the Anglican version of set of a contest. That's why I say <laughs> it that. is I'm like, kind I, of because I mean, the the Sea of Canterbury isn't really vacant, it's just oh, occupied. Sorry, sorry, I, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking instead of a contest with Rome. Yeah, um, because remember mm -hmm. he was like Canterbury has transferred to Missouri with the uh, Canterbury has transferred about? to Athens, Georgia. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I, I think the issue that we're dealing with in our times this really is so. This is Marcel Lefebvre's core, right? If you were to say anything, which I think is a Catholic core, and I would recommend anyone to read the sermon that he preached on the day of the ordin of the consecrations of the bishops mm -hmm. that 
we, we have this tension in our time that shouldn't exist but can and does right now between authority and truth, right? And yeah. what do you do when there's this tension between authority and truth? So, for example, not we don't have to talk about this, but when Pope Francis teaches that apostates are members of the communion of saints, and yet that's not in a, you can intellectually recognize, and I'm saying this even if you're Roman Catholic, you can intellectually yeah. process that, see the contradiction, and then you have to handle it. I think it would be uh, analogous yeah. to the situation with like uh, John the 22nd in his teaching about the beatific vision. Because that was mm -hmm. materially heretical. And I mean, we can have examples of this, like uh, Pope Honorius and his epistle to uh, the Patriarch of Constantinople and other of these examples. Because, mm -hmm. like, let's be honest, if this was even 25 years ago, most Catholics in the world would not even know that the Pope has mm -hmm. a daily homily, much less mm -hmm. be able to watch it and comment on it. And um, so... I think things move way too fast. We need to be more like medieval peasant pilled, like not even knowing what the heck is going on with uh, with most of the hierarchy. Although there is benefits too. Well, it, it you have I will say you have to live as if you're in the area you are in, right? Like, yes. I, I don't think you can't act I, like I can't act as if I'm living in the Elizabethan settlement, right? As much as I would love to, right? So you have to act in the age you're in and deal with the situations you're given. And I find that has to say, oh, I'll just ignore the Pope. I'm like, well, then you're really ignoring the context mm -hmm. that the Lord has given you and you yes. have to handle it. You need to come to theologically process it. And so that's why I say I recognize that that Welby is a arch well he's a bishop i can recognize that he's a bishop i can but that's why i say this isn't set of a contism it's spixy it's it's recognize and resist it's like well we don't we don't we don't have communion with heretics yeah. and we don't accept heresy and you know so we just move along and follow christ's command and you know pray for everything to get better okay i was a set of a contest <laughs> unlike this convert here who was a novus ordo so you were a Novus Ordo. Who, who, wait, 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 wait. What, what information do you get to say that I was a Novus Ordo? <laughs> that, yeah, that is... Okay, so John, so um, Jacob was an ordinary Catholic and I am an ordinary Catholic. Yeah. I, you couldn't really describe us as Novus Ordo. I mean... And, and and I will say I largely held the SSPX position as many do in the ordinary. It's right. The ordinary is kind of weird like that, but many take the CC position, and that's you know it's fine. Look at this, Caden. That is the Anglican <laughs> way refer, <laughs> referring to uh, your canonization, Marcel reflect canonize <laughs> other people's saints, and then Martin Luther King. Oh Jr. oh 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 no, that's that's the. That's the modern ACNA. English that's way, the, I guess. That's the ACNA way, actually. That's the ACNA way, yeah. If you look at the ACNA 2019 prayer book, the, they have good old MLK Jr. In the 2019? Mm -hmm. Oh, I knew yes, the bad. I didn't know it was that bad. SSPV. Can, okay, can you so, enlighten me on what the SSPV is? Because I actually have no idea. I hear yeah, it a lot. Yeah, so you have the Society of St. Pius X, which is established, lawfully established, and then Rome doesn't like that they're doing traditional Latin mass. Da, 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 right? Then you have set of a contest springing up. Marcel Lefebvre and the Spiries after him do a lot to root that out and say, no, we do not do, we aren't set of a contest. So then priests who got kicked out of the SSPX came and formed the SSPV. 
um, and their set of a contest, and they will not usually accept Novus Ordo sacraments, and they'll have signs in front of their churches saying, if you were, you know, baptized, confirmed, then please see the priest before receiving and all that stuff. Also, yeah, by the way, when you're reading this, um, so FSSP is uh, FISPI, and SSPX is SPIXI. So I went to a SPIXI chapel after visiting, visiting a FISPI church. Uh, then I went to a, talk to a SPIVI priest who was friends with, um, let's see, MCRI. No, is that is that the order? I'll Mm, I'll, someone tell me what the set of a contest order is called. I want to make sure I get it right. CMRI, Camry. I, I, then he was friends with a Camry priest. And then they all then had lunch uh, at an Icky church, the Institute of Christ the King. Very important so, here. So John Pilates at least <laughs> knows that you were at Steubenville. Yeah. So um, what, do, what are your thoughts on uh, Vatican II in general? Because honestly, I think even from a traditional point of view, like, like you read Dave Verboom, for example, that's just a very wonderful document that I think there can be a lot of agreement between um, Catholics and Protestants on, except for a few issues about the magisterium. But I think it really lays out well uh, the relation, the primacy and superiority of scripture in relation to tradition. So like as a whole, I mean, obviously you're going to have your parts you don't like, like in Lumagentium and then. Um, and yeah, just. And then obviously the revision of the, that was kind of after um, Vatican II. So what's your thoughts on Vatican II? Yeah, um, I really went back and forth because I was trained with the Second Vatican Council and John Paul II. And that really was with the preconciliar um, teaching as well, because Steubenville really is this place of attempting continuity. Um so I always saw the beauty in De Verbum. I actually liked Lumen Gentium because I took an interpretation of it continuity. and the resulting and the resulting canon law to make it continuitous. And even in my like papal supremacy series on my blog, I like I real like my whole argument about the church being a sacrament is inspired by Lumen Gentium. Mm. Uh, it's scriptural, right? It's true. But like, I don't think I would have articulated it in that way so well had it not been for Lumen Gentium. However, you have the problems, right? Well, people like to say, well, the Church of Christ subsists in the Catholic Church. Well, the canon law that comes from that says that now non-Roman Catholics can receive communion. But then Ratzinger in 2007 with his CDF then tries to patch it over saying, actually, we mean the same thing that when we say is. And you have those arguing. And I'm like, well, that's not really what happens, yeah. right? It's sort of this, after the fact, we need to fix it. And that's why I find the hermeneutical continuity being. Or you have like Unitatis Redigitatio, which talks about how Protestants are members of the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. Well, then you have to, I, I find that the, you have to accept the council for what it is, right? Just like people who try to pay for Francis. I'm like, you have to accept Francis who he is, whether you like him or not. And what you do is another thing, but you need to understand him. You need to, he is a Latin American Jesuit who has become the Pope of Rome, right? Like yes. come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. And I find that conservatives can do this sort of modernism in reverse, right? Modernists, they take 
orthodox language, they strip out its meaning and they put in heretical meaning. Well, I can find conservatives can take heretical statements by people they don't want to be heretical, take out the heretical content mm -hmm. and put in the orthodox meaning. And I'm like, you're just a modernist. Um, yeah. Like, I understand why, but that's kind of what you're doing. I get that. I definitely do get that. My only experience with Anglicanism before this was that video about the Church of England ordaining its first female bishop with the Chad protest. Could you explain that whole thing? I I don't know what video you're referring to. If you send it in the chat and it's short, we might uh, watch a part of it. That'd be oh. fun. But uh, what women's consecration in the Anglican communion in general, um, you have in the 1970s, 1970, General Convention of the 19, 1978 in the Episcopal Church, there was the allowance of ordination of women to the priesthood and the episcopacy, the continuing Anglican church of which Jacob is a part of split off from this. And then in the, uh, the convention of St. Louis, um, in 1979, uh, formed the continuing church and, uh, consecrated bishops in the St. Louis consecrations, uh, from the hands of, uh, a few retired bishops from the Episcopal church, and then one from the Philippines who had mm -hmm. old Catholic orders. So, uh, so when you're when you're trying to compare Jacob uh, to to Church of England woman bishops, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges because that sort of stuff doesn't <laughs> happen in in his church, and he condemns them more harshly than than you would. Uh, I'm I, not I speaking directly to you, Thomas, but I mean in, in general. I, I will say whenever like Roman Catholics try to say like I'm heretical for being in the Anglican communion. <laughs> uh, like I am in the Anglican communion, right? Well be is in a faux communion. But I'm like, um, I'm like, I just send, I just tweet back links to Roman Catholic women priests. And then they say, well, they aren't like really Roman Catholic. I'm like, yeah. And they're not really Anglican. Like, yeah, yeah. like what's your, I don't get your point. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of set of Acantism, it, Next month, uh, he hasn't emailed me back yet, but I will be having a certain famous set of a contest uh, on here, and I'll be interviewing him. He hasn't emailed back yet. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be very fun. Okay, so he's in the ACC. Yes, we know. Is John Politis real? We're all wondering that. I was thinking that it was Jacob at first. I have half a mind. Actually, I, I have a, I have an idea of who John Politis is, but um, yeah, John Politis actually started emailing me months before, um, before I even converted. He started emailing me around the time that you started emailing me. That's neat. Cool. Okay, I'm trying. There's so many. Oh, let me see. I'm not even the the, the Palomarian <laughs> church. Have you seen the Palomarian Pope? Oh yeah. He, no, he the is... Marians are cool. They're they're awful, but they're wow. I will say if I was gonna reinvent the Roman church in my image, I would have done something much better. Have you heard of Christian Wagner? He is a recent convert convert <laughs> to Catholicism as well read. Uh I'm trying to put a no. put a face to that name. I know I've heard about him somewhere. Have you seen the clip from Michael Lofton? No. That's no. why I was asking that. Somebody said, no. have you heard of Militant Thomist? He is a recent <laughs> convert to Catholicism, is well-read and very nice. He sent, oh. that the, sent that to Michael Lofton, and then Michael Lofton's like, 
uh i know i heard that name somewhere and then he didn't didn't recognize yeah. me under that name okay yeah yeah john politis we know you reject abortion great just bumping my aquinas <laughs> question okay okay matthew i'm sorry i'm sorry i know you probably have to leave well is the sea of canterbury vacant um uh no but it will be soon probably Depending all i'm saying you... is that yeah. there's more roman catholics right now in england than there are church of england in england and that um and that the ordinariate got close to a thousand priests from Ooh, the church of england in england cool. yes i'm sure you'd much rather have people in the ordinariate in england than you would have them be in the church of england in england yeah, I will say that the the area of Our Lady of Alzheimer's is really handling itself well, from what I've gathered. Um, they're really making good decisions. So, um, okay. So Matthew's that. Matthew's question. So, what does it mean that the second person of the Trinity is related to the human nature of Christ, but the human nature is not related to the second person of the Trinity? What does it mean in a wider sense that creation is related to God, but that God is not related to creation? Had a Muslim ask me this today, and I'm not an Aquinas scholar, so it's very, very confused. Yeah, um, he's equivocating a bit when it comes to what we mean by relation. We're talking about a real relation. So um, a, so what's going to help you, and I'll send this into the chat, is there's a Ed Phaser's Scholastic Metaphysics. And I'm not a philosopher by any means, so I would butcher this question. But um, this really comes down to the difference between a... Okay, I'm going to send it in the chat now for you, Matthew. This really comes down to the difference between a um, real distinction and a virtual distinction and a purely logical distinction. So where is militant Scotist and militant Molinist? What would you, what would you oh, be? Oh, oh, can we please not have militant Molinist? Uh, it is barely Protestant, but please no. <laughs> militant Scotist is uh, Byzantine. It's uh, Byzantine. Byzantine Scotist. Um, and then uh, Bessarian uh, is um, militant Cajetanus. Oh, oh. I will say I, I, I it's fun because I'm starting to read Suarez and Cajetan and I'm like, uh -huh. I'm reading all these authors, which like when you read Ott's fundamentals of Catholic dogma, it's always, it's like, yeah, these kind of always like have this dissenting opinion, but the real, like the real opinion is, and they quote, you know, Banyas or, or just Thomas or um, uh -huh. very interesting. So, yeah, that and the Molinists really, 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 really annoy me with their reading of Aquinas. Have you ran into that yet? Uh, I'm sorry, which ones? Uh, the Molinist reading of Aquinas, like uh, you'll get Reginald Pohl and um, and really mm. Louis de Molina and all the Molinist tradition. They'll be like, it's not sure whether Banyas was reading uh, Thomas Wright about uh, the relationship between merit and predestination. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, come I on, read, just read Thomas, read Summa Theologiae, uh, Prima Pars, question 23, and just tell me what you uh -huh. get from that. 
And, and, and I will say I've seen that before with people who are very uncomfortable predestination, which is what like one of my what, it really was one of my biggest gripes as a Roman Catholic because people kept calling me a Calvinist, and I'm like, no, like like this is and they read. <laughs> And I'd give them Aquinas and they'd be very uncomfortable and they wouldn't want to go there because they saw it and they yeah. were uncomfortable. But yeah, no, it, it, it's like Banya's Garrig Lagrange, right? People say, oh, there's all these, all these Thomists. Who's the real Thomist? I'm like, okay, if you read Garrig Lagrange and Banya's and don't find a very good articulate and faithful reading of Aquinas, I don't, I don't trust you to read books to children. I know it's it's like it's pretty like because Thomas and Lagrange Banyas and basically any scholastic is very good with distinctions and definitions. So if you're saying that Thomas is so unclear that he is not making these <laughs> distinctions and definitions, like I, I don't know what you can read. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is wait Father James the Molinist? Yes, he is. Yes. Okay, then uh, what do you think of this? Uh, John Politus says the ordinary uses the new mass, not the Tridentine mass in English. The ordinary uses the nineteen seventy nine Book of Common Prayer, right? Um, twenty eight language it, with twenty eight language, right? Um, and I, you know, it's very close to the twenty eight, right? I don't mean that to despair yeah. because it doesn't have the things that make me reject the 79, right? So yeah. I, but I just say that because it has, you know, Christ or Passover is sacrificed for us, therefore let us keep the feast. That's the 79ism. I really like the uh, the Ordinary Missal. I think it's a really mm -hmm. fine uh, work. I mean, I'm not as much of a fan of the uh, the daily worship. Um, I mean, it's, no, it's good. Oh, oh, it's, okay, it's good. okay. The Blue Book is terrible. No one loves the Blue Book. As an Ordinary member, you you don't understand the angst everyone was having once the boo book was published and i like and, and then you have people trying to say well it's the one that the authority published i'm like okay right things are beautiful or not in and of themselves not because people say so right yeah. same issue right like things are either true in themselves or they're not and it doesn't matter what authority says they can't make true things false or false things true or beautiful what, what things. Were you guys using, beautiful. what were you guys using before that as your as your prayer book for um, offices we we were told to use this well i came about when there was the saint gregory prayer book mm -hmm. so we were told to use the prayers there but usually people use like well we had early we had early copies so yeah. we had like test copies so that kind of went around and then some people use liturgy of the hours i kind of just use the roman missal or roman oh. missal, the roman breviary yeah. because i because i have i have lovely roman books i have the best roman books in my library the best really the best the best right i have i have a speak we're speaking instead of a contest uh latin spanish roman briefery published by set of a contest one of the best books i i, I own um, yeah I, I, have, I mean i'm not really i'm not really i i mean i have my monastic diurnal right here mm -hmm. but um Be, i i really can't pray in non elizabethan english like i need oh, yeah. So basically, my only choices are the Anglican Office Book, the Anglican Breviary, Breviary, the uh, the Monastic Diurnal plus Monastic Matins, and then the uh, I could also use the twenty eight sixty two or or whatever prayer book I want. But I mean, the, what makes the most sense to me is just using the ordinary prayer book. Well, remember there are two, and so I, I find, and many other people find it fruitful to use the Commonwealth Edition, which is beautiful, and it's the 1662 
brought straight into the ordinary yet. Which I, I think... Okay, go ahead. Which completely deconstructs some things I heard is like, well, we need to change things because the ordinary, like the Anglican stuff, we can't, it has heresy or whatever. I'm like, nope, the 1662s didn't have any heresy because it was brought straight in, at least speaking about morning and evening prayer. You know what? Actually, I have been using the Commonwealth edition mm-hmm. now because I use the the website, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, covert or convert.prayer.com. Uh, I can't remember what, I just have it's a tab saved. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's the Commonwealth edition. But what I would have liked to see a little bit more of is I would have liked to see kind of like what the Anglican office book does with the minor propers, because the minor propers are so important in liturgy mm-hmm. in that they uh, they express the theology of the church according to the according to the different feast days and uh, different seasons. So in or- if you strip the minor propers, then you're stripping the theology of the church, which is a little bit of the problem with the Novus Ordo. But uh we're, we won't we won't go there because I think people yeah. kind of miss the point when when they're focusing on okay we like vernacular we like uh, we like Latin like we like the aesthetic we like that aesthetic like I, I don't think any of that really matters I think the question is whether the theology of the church is faithfully presented to the faithful and I and I think the uh, the ones which keep the fullness of the the propers are the ones that do that more aptly. Yeah. Uh, and just to answer the question uh, or the statement, um, it's just not true, right? If you look at, because the ordinary isn't a new mass thing or a Tridentine mass thing, it, it, it it's more aptly a 79 or 28 prayer book thing, but it yeah. is its own thing. And well, you have the, like the main things that the Society of St. Pius X critiques being removed from the Trinity Mass are restored, and whole, much of Holy Week is restored. So, it, so if you're if you go and you know that if you go to an ordinary at liturgy, it, not just the fact that it's in Elizabethan English, mm-hmm. not just the fact that every ordinary at Mass that I know of celebrates Ad Orientum, but the text itself does not resemble the new mass yes. right it, it just doesn't uh-huh. and some people like some people make the argument juridically because the germ is attached to it it's a new mass i'm like okay well does it co- get covered juridically under the provisions for the new mass maybe i don't care but the thing itself is not the same thing as the new mass but that's absurd okay i thought this was a little bit of an interesting comment one of the books i read that led me was the book the catholic religion by vernon staley have you read the catholic religion by vernon staley yeah, I love it. I, though I think I book. own the '83 edition, uh, not the updated 1983 edition. I I own the really old one that's like mm-hmm. looks like it was photocopied by a five year old. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one we we had a we had a study through that at my my ACNA parish. We read through the whole thing. It was it it wasn't bad. I mean, there's some stuff where it's like you're kind of putting forth some historical things that are a bit because i mean some of the older generation of anglo-catholics have like the uh the extreme uh history that uh father james was talking about the other night but um yeah i i think there's a few things to be left wanting but it's a pretty good book it's a pretty good introduction especially for those interested in getting into the mind of anglicanism mm-hmm. okay so okay how do marian prayers which in practices in 
in Anglican Church fit into the Anglican article, which denounces intercession of the saints? Yeah, so so one, it, it's not really how binding the 39 articles are is an open question, right? Yeah. How much are they binding? How much are they historical? How much were they to curb abuse? Uh, I take the position, whereas I will at least, I'll personally subscribe to the 39 articles, right? I don't have an issue yeah. with them. Um, and I think that makes sense for Anglican identity, but and uh, a quick plug here if you uh, if you go back to my old pre-conversion videos, I actually have a video where I went over some of the different ways in which the thirty nine articles are read in the Anglican tradition. Sometimes, like you read um the difference between reading uh, Bishop uh, Forbes's reading of the thirty nine articles versus uh, St. John Henry Newman's reading of the 39 articles versus E.B. Pusey's reading of the 39 articles versus the earlier ones who would have a very strict reading of the 39 articles. There's there's many which ways in which it functions within. And I mean, it's not even like uh, Anglo-Catholic bad because they butcher 39 articles thing. Because I mean, that's a little bit of a non-starter right there because everybody was doing that before the Tractarians. Like you look at the Latitudinarians and the Evangelicals and all these different groups, they were reading the 39 articles in order to shove in whatever beliefs they want. So that's a little bit of an annoyance against me where I'll come to the defense of my Anglo-Catholic brothers, separated brethren. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think find the article that actually deals with it um if someone could post the article i'm just scanning it right now I, i'll say generally that I, I i think there's a legitimate question not even a question that there needs to be a, a legitimate concern for what was the issue at the time and what is it trying to correct because i will say that if you read the homilies, I love the book of homilies, at least, well, I'm, I'm finishing the first book of homilies. Then, you know, you start off with on the pearl of idolatry with the second book. So I'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, which I, I read uh, a bit through it. I, like, well, it's not, it's not as bad as some people have made it out to be, but who knows? Maybe it'll change my tune. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's on the, uh, the concern is creating a pantheon of gods which this is something I've been working out. Um, I've talked with some friends about the relationship between experience and theology and like my, the role of Mary devotion in my life. But it's, yeah. um, but it's like, well, if it's because you think she can do great things for you, or if it's because you don't want to be hurt, then that's a bad, that's invocation in the proper sense. But if you realize the communion of saints and you want your brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for you, then um, yeah, that's great. Okay, so somebody asked about Father John Treco. Seems like Bishop Lopes axed him. Have you heard of him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll say, um, yeah, so he was basically, he did an exegesis of the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and or the children have, no, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Yes. Which I will say is like a really cool verse, but there's so much packed into it. But basically to say because of the council, we're being, we like, we are the children and our fathers are the council fathers of the Second Vatican Council. And the Christ Doesn't the, the verse say, the council. 
doesn't the verse say do not say that? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, right? Uh, no, I, don't, Catholic, I will Catholic say Catholic exegesis 101. <laughs> he must have no, been a cradle Catholic with that one. Indeed. Uh no, he's a Pentecostal worse. But um is he a Pentecostal no, now? He well, he was. No, he was Pentecostal and then became Roman Catholic oh, Catholic through okay. the ordinary. No, so, so so but he got excommunicated for it for rejecting the council. I'm like, okay, not even the society of St. Pius X is excommunicated. And there's been tons of preaching of that. And there's been no declaration of excommunication. And there's only been an affirmation that they are within the church of God. I, I understand politically why Lopes, my Bishop Lopes excommunicated him, but I don't see how, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. That That's just beyond Maybe it's not my place, but it just seems beyond me that he yeah, would go I, that far. I'm not even, even going to comment on that. I submit everything Bishop Lopes does ever. <laughs> Bishop Lopes is like my favorite. So. Bishop Lopes becomes Arian. I'm like, you know, I'm not sure about this Trinity stuff. Like, you know, but it's Bishop Lopes, though, and I love him. I, I okay. get it. No, he's great. I get it. Thoughts on John the 23rd. I know he's controversial and within trad cats, trad circles. Sorry, St. John the 23rd. <laughs> Is that what well, do you have any know. thoughts? Okay. Um, I, I'm not, I, so you have to understand this about me mm -hmm. and everybody there in the comments also probably already understands this about me. While I have, I have read sufficient amounts of the Summa, I've read the catechism, I've read <laughs> poll. I've, I've, I've been inculcated into the, into Catholic theology. I'm not, I'm still not up with the, uh, with the Catholic, like, little infighting like niche things yet so like when you add ask about like oh what's the sspv i'm like what the heck is the sspv or like what's up mm -hmm. with john the 23rd i'm like well what's wrong with him like basically the last hundred <laughs> years for me is just kind of like a blur so like people talk on twitter about these different little fights that people have and it's the same way with the sspx for me like i've made stupid comments in the past about the sspx and then people corrected me on it because I, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't have said anything because I don't know yeah um yeah so see so so John the 23rd um what an odd character right he's that Pope that some set of a contest count Pope and some don't um, <laughs> so you know he, I think the trad treatments that you'll find on YouTube, as far as I've researched, are they're accurate in spirit. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um, I will recommend if you want to learn more about the Second Vatican Council uh, and you want sort of a balanced treatment between Nova Theology and tr more traditionalism, uh, Father Christopher Smith, who has his talks up on Census Fidelium, uh, Michael Davies is great. I, I, I disagree with him on certain things, obviously, but... Um, he does a good treatment on that. Um, but yeah, he, he convened a council. He wasn't ready and he didn't guard it. I, I would say that the fact that you can have the drafting of the documents, which are very good. And then they, they are, they, the bishop, some bishops try to overturn them and then the vote fails and then they go to the Pope and then the Pope overrules it. I think like the that's the best modern example of the Pope trying to enforce conciliarism, 
right? It's like, no, I want this. I'm like, no, okay. Like, it, it's sort of this not wanting to offend and and that allowed for a lot of the derailing of the council that happened under his so you're saying it's six. so you're saying it's prudential what what so you're saying it's prudential what's like prudential prudent uh oh. when it comes to the the difficulties that that john the 23rd had it's kind of just he, some prudential issues yeah he it, it, it prudential issues but i i think there's a good critique that's charitable right about john the 23rd that says well he was very optimistic, but that optimism led him to make imprudent decisions, which then allowed a lot. Well, in in Paul the Six words, the smoke of Satan. In. Okay, so we're gonna quickly take a break from um, the questions. We're gonna watch this uh, this video from the other Paul, who should be in the chat right now. I'm not sure. He's in Australia time, so I don't know what time it is in Australia. Okay, let's go. Oh, no. <laughs> Ouch. Wait, there's... Um, let me try to... Boomer tech, am I right? Oh, okay, my gosh. Me. Oh, my gosh. I have this massive second screen. On right now okay is this muted uh, okay yeah unmute site there we go now now we are in yeah everybody enjoy <laughs> oh that's delightful that's great yeah i actually okay get out of here get out of here yeah i actually found that video to be really funny i actually really enjoyed it even though i you know i'm i love newman a lot mm -hmm. okay so are there any marian apparitions that you like yeah um so i first encountered liturgy through the shrine of our lady of la salette so uh so yeah so i have like a statue of la salette and i have a crucifix i was gifted that was from the 1800s from a religious of la salette which i assume just 
someone decided to sell on eBay and someone saved and gave it to me, which is very nice. Um, which I guess isn't very patrimonial because it, it was French, but uh, it's the only like Marian apparition where I've actually visited the site of the apparition. Oh, there you go. So how many bishops for a valid ordination Anglican is one? You need yeah, one, one bishop for a valid. Well, that's ordination. everyone. For, anyone? Yeah. for illicit ordination, you need three. That's Unle general I, English practice. Yeah. Unless Epikaya. Hmm? Unless, a, uh, unless like Epikaya can make licit a single bishop for ordination. Oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like. Epikaya. It's Epikaya kind of like Wikonomia. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's in oh, Thomas, some... my, my boy. Like, why? why... Come on. Somebody um made a a uh, made a version of the Newman one, but it's the Eastern Orthodox Church, and it's Oikonomia for everything. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a Protestant um, one. I, I'm Epikaya. I Epikaya makes the world go round. It allows, especially set of so that's a big set of a contest thing. You're wondering how you can have all these bishops without uh, a, a pontifical mandate, and can they actually uh, validly like absolve? Epikaya. Yeah. Epikaya allows it. Where? Okay. So, um, I'm the new click kid on the block. <laughs> Whereas, continue. Okay. Yeah. 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 Submit to the true Pope, Jesus. Jesus. We have no authority in our church except Jesus because we're Protestant mm -hmm. evangelicals. We only follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and the Bible. I, I feel like non-doms are kind of like the Samaritans of Protestantism. You know what? Yeah, they usually have seven wives. <laughs> <laughs> what? Samaritan woman. Oh, oh, no, I, I meant like husbands, seven husbands, man. I ruined the joke. Wow. They, wow. <laughs> it's so sad. Like you'll hear. I'm like, I, I didn't just more average more. in like non-dom denom churches, like the, the just like really pop ones where they'll just be sleeping around, man. Like it's, it's just crazy that yeah. anything like American or American religion is just like wild compared to the rest of the world mm -hmm. like nobody nowhere else in the world you got like mormons you got set of a contism you have pope michael stuff you have like you just have these like million different versions you have insanely liberal christianity you have insanely conservative christianity you have ifbs you it's like such a such it's a, a multi you have basically you have basically judaizers <laughs> like <laughs> We've resurrected so many heresies in America. It's crazy. We've invented our own heresy. We have Americanism. What yes, market do you we want? Do. I actually want to do an article. No audio. It, on the video. It was um the video oh, show didn't have yeah, audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can't hear. Jacob laughing alone in the uncomfortable silence. Oh, wait. Could they not hear the whole video? No, they couldn't hear the video at all. The whole like time, I, I didn't hear the video. I just enjoyed the images, and I was still. Laughing. I was the only one that could hear the video, and nobody told me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't know you wanted us to hear it. No, no, no. Here's the thing, everyone. You need to post the link. We need to up his view, his watch time, and you're, we're all gonna watch the video on our own. 
and increase. The yes, speed. yes. We're gonna get we're gonna get you a lot of views, the other Paul. Everybody's gonna be just flocking to that video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jacob laughing alone in uncomfortable silence has some prime meme potential. So I was being I was trying to be quiet so everybody could hear the video. I'm like, shh, shh be quiet. Oh no. So, no. so really that that entire No, that, that's an authentic laughing. experience. And that was oh. hilarious. Man, I can't believe none of you could hear it. And then you guys stayed. Like I honestly, if I was on a live stream, I would have just left at that point. It's still on me. I, no, I kept him there, man. I kept. I am keeping this stream going. Okay, you're I am the trad Catholic Anglican, who whose laughter is keeping the stream going. Mark Driscoll is the true pope. Oh, Amen. Sad. Did you watch the? Um, did you watch the? Uh, the podcast what is it called rise and fall of mars hill yeah uh i listened to the podcast the atfontis podcast episode telling me not to and then i did and i watched it i listened to every episode of the rise and fall of, Mar- of mars hill it was very yeah. good uh, it was it was good in some ways but in other ways like the guys like you need to deconstruct your story like, oh well, yeah, the, it's the not, different experiences and realities we have need to come together. And Mark Driscoll is mean because he's not an egalitarian, and he hates women and gay people. Oh yeah, keep in mind, I don't know. It, I, I I'm not going to vouch for the orthodoxy of. Oh, definitely not. Of, uh, like I don't know the man. I don't know the man who narr- yeah. narrated it. Um, any person mentioned in that podcast, in, narrator. Mark Driscoll, whoever, I will not vouch for the orthodoxy. So what you need to do, you need to listen to the Adfontis podcast on the rise and fall of Mark Driscoll. So you have the context. So you have the context. It's not that long. And then you go to the rise and fall of Mark Driscoll. Oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and, and Brad, you can, you can give me extra points in my class for uh, plugging the podcast. Shamwell version, Anglo-Catholic readings of the 39 articles where they just say they're condemning only a vulgar understanding of Roman (laughs) doctrines. Um, We're not, it it doesn't condemn the Rome. It condemns the Romish doctrine of purgatory, but it doesn't condemn the Anglican doctrine of purgatory. Yeah. Uh, No, I think that's a little absurd. It needs to be more like you actually need to handle the, the article itself <laughs> oh my word jacob couldn't hear either you've heard it first here <laughs> the images are so good man it's it's so Wait. good john fisher download the video and share it for sound not youtube that that's still i, I mean all my pastimes i've had videos on here it uh it worked for everybody at least i think it worked for everybody oh your whole life's been a lie <laughs> Yeah, people are just sticking on the stream waiting for my commentary without actually hearing what's going on. <laughs> no, 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 because I usually do uh I usually do in my chill streams I have. Hmm. Yeah, um so what I did since I have it on my other monitor right here, I put it on my other monitor as a new tab. Hmm. I usually mean a new window. I usually do a new tab, so maybe that would work. <laughs> Instead of asking a productive, insane question, I'm going to ask y'all if you're familiar with the Glagolitic maths. Pull it up, Jamie. Um, Militant Jamie. Um, where is the link for this? I found it. Oh, so I'm, going to, I'm going to fire you, Militant Jamie. <laughs> um, you. I'm not. Um. 
No. No, it, it's fine. It it's the it looks like the Roman Mass in Old Church Slavonic. Uh, I give it. I give that a um, thumbs oh, yeah, down. Copo is Copo is uh, what you're you're somewhere in like the former Yugoslavia area. I can never remember all those country names. It, it was created in 1920. Balkanization. Like. Balkanization. Mm. Okay. Let's see other questions. Who is the other Apologia Anglicana? What is his story? <laughs> Of deconstructing the Roman oh, Catholic faith. Oh my gosh! Uh, I read the article on this. Oh my gosh! Okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, basically, other. Wait. So I'm Apology Anglicana 2.0 and the new Apology Anglicana. Now I'm the other Apology. There is no other, right? <laughs> it, it's. I am. I. I, well, no, I'm. The you, you know, it's I like am the it's, editor of Apology Ugly Con. You know, it's it's like how you know some trads will say that Benedict the Sixteenth is still the Pope because he didn't like lawfully uh, uh -huh. give up the office. So all I'm saying is maybe I didn't lawfully give up the office. Oh so gosh. I am. No, I am no, actually there has Apology been universal Anglicana, consent, and you're anti Apology <laughs> Anglicana. No, there is the anti editor. I am the true editor. There has been universal consent and recognition <laughs> of my of my editorial position, right? That is an infallible witness that I'm the rightful claimant of Apology Anglicana. Everyone knows this. Uh, yeah, so I, I was a Roman Catholic uh, from about 17 when I converted. I then got my degree in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville and then uh, joined the ordinariate and taught at a Catholic high school and okay stop there mm -hmm. stop there okay. mm -hmm. we're good all right yeah that's about it <laughs> sorry going. yeah I, I i'm like how much do i say no no no. just stop where the before you converted that's what i was trying to get at yeah do not go further yeah okay conversion story do the whole thing oh oh oh, oh. sorry 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 um yeah so my main issue was um uh, my main issue was the papacy right so if there was like a moment so i'd been dealing with this issue for a bit about a year and dealing with the issue of papacy uh justification was always a side issue but never like the thing i knew that would never be the thing that would make it or break it yeah uh the papacy is what was the main issue because obviously if there's a radical pope you don't follow him right i understand some people disagree with bellarmine some people disagree with lefebvre but you know, if, if, if a pope is trying to teach heresy, you, you resist it. That's clear. But the question is, is that coherent, right? Yeah. If ultramontanism is false, which was, I had already figured that out, right? So, um, and I I was pretty convinced by it. Ultramontanism is false. The pope can teach heresy. So then what do you do with that? And I was sort of thinking about it, going back and forth, encountering the Anglican tradition, and then look at patrimony and I'm getting ready for Greek class this one day. And I'm like, Oh, traditionis custodis, right? Read through that. And it was like new thing for the Pope. And uh, if there was like, like, what was the point? Like, like, was, was there a point or is there like a, a significant event? I'm like, yeah, like something broke in me when I read traditionis custodis, right? Any 
tr attempt to try to defend Pope, Pope Francis's actions at sort of that conservative trying to fill in heretical words with orthodox meaning, any of that just died. And the hermetic continuity was like, that's not true. That can't be true anymore. Article one, as I've discussed in the blog, is heretical and of, of the Transference Custodis. And I'm like, I can't, I can't not confess the Anglican article that says the Church of Rome hath erred not only in practices, but also in faith. So trying to, that wasn't not becoming Roman, but that was like, okay, I can't deny all this is sort of where, part of it where it's Lord's leading me and part of where like theological development, how I've been trying to understand everything yeah. and entering into dialogue immediately with my confessor, of course. So it's not something I hid ever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I never found anyone who could deal with the issue. And then as I've posted on Apology Anglicana, the main contradiction that then leads, then leads to other contradictions with the issue of papal supremacy and that no one could answer it. And mm -hmm. I like reached out to as many people as I could and also the Lord is leading me at the same time. So well, the Lord's leading me and I don't want to be unfaithful to him. And this is so my, in my conscience is binding me in this way. And I'm seeing now seeing the Pope afflict so many of my friends. How can I do nothing? And not just how can I do nothing, but if this is where the Lord's leading me, how can I resist it? So that is like the main sort of overview of my conversion. Why? I'm curious myself. Um, why was the first reaction okay? So I, I, I have this certain framework of, because obviously you have a generally Catholic ecclesiology, even though... Um, even though the papacy played a different role, but that doesn't necessarily say, okay, Anglicanism. Mm -hmm. So why Anglicanism? Why not uh, one of the other apostolic churches? Why weren't you church of the East? Why weren't you Oriental Orthodox? Why weren't you old Catholic? Why weren't you Eastern heterodox Orthodox? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, that was a joke. Because I'm Anglo. Uh, that's what response right why aren't you greek orthodox like because i'm greek because i'm not greek i am be western right orthodox that's not real they're not <laughs> authentically western right so so part of it is like i very much see myself as western orthodox um because mm -hmm. i've seen western orthodox liturgies and they and i've tried to talk with eastern or western orthodox priests and um who do things that some priests now do, which they just accuse me of pride for asking questions, which maybe there's pride, but I, I was really pushing him like, hey, Aquinas is part of the Western tradition. Yes. And he's no, right? We need to cast all that off. Basically, we need to cast everything off in the second millennium of the West in order to preserve this golden age of the West that's really just the East implanted upon the West in our hermeneutic of history. Yeah, there and, was a certain um, there was a certain Eastern Orthodox uh, author that wrote against the Anglo-Catholic movement, and I thought he had an interesting point, which goes against the idea of the Western right. But he basically says that what you're doing is you're taking you're you're basically taking plants from a certain soil type, and then you're transplanting it into a foreign soil, and it cannot thrive in that way, like. It has to be in its native oil, oh, native soil to, to to still thrive. And I think oh, I, that the ordinary yeah. it does a much better job of native soil than the Western right does. 
you know i i agree so that's why i like why anglican well there are you know you could it, it would be the theological commitments it's the ecclesiology i'm convinced that there is this that is hand is continuing on the catholic faith right in the real not the brand name catholic but in yeah. the real what you know catholic actually ha is a word that has meaning the etymology uh, Right. Yeah. And really everything right now and how everything's going crazy is like, well, the issue is truth, right? What is true? What has the Lord revealed? And that is a concern in the, in Anglicanism and oh. it's articulating it well. And it's continuing with the authority that Christ has given to his apostles. Yeah. Okay. I understand now. Yeah. That makes, that makes some sense to me. But um, but still, I mean, that's just assuming already branch theory, which I guess you you had already imbibed before considering which branch of the church to uh, make your home. Um, I don't. Yeah, well, I will say, and we emailed when I was Roman Catholic and you were Anglican, mm -hmm. that it's difficult when you're Roman Catholic to see the church to have the imagination of a church without a pope right yes. um so that is very difficult when you that's what you're used to um so when it comes to the ecclesiology i had to work through that so it's not like i just accepted branch theory mm -hmm. i was like well okay what did the scripture say what do we see in church history and i would say well there is such a thing as like true and false authority. So not anyone who just ordains a bishop has, they have the office of bishop. Yeah. They, they, they don't, they can have the, the sacraments, sacraments, but they don't have like the jurisdiction or the faculties, right? Yeah. No, it's not a sacramental thing that then becomes like a, a canon law thing, right? Whether you yeah. have faculties or not. So I wouldn't believe, for example, that Rome has, I think it's acting without absolute mandate because Rome is in schism. Right. So it doesn't um, actually have jurisdiction, but that doesn't mean I don't believe that like there are authority structures and priests being ordained and bishops being consecrated. Um, it's basically Rome is in a canonically irregular situation um, to say the least. Right. Obviously, there are arguments about about um, the heresy and issues of schism, um, but it, I would accept all that. Right. And then say, OK, what? How have we gotten here? What is the biblical model for church leadership? And how has yeah. it actually been lived out in history up to now? If that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I get because I'm obviously I'm very I'm a very ironic Catholic. Because I mean I I I know the the Protestant tradition and the Protestant arguments. And I'm very sympathetic to to that reading of I mean, I disagree. Mm -hmm. with that reading of of church history but i can i can see where you got that mm -hmm. you know i can see the argument and um i can see the logic behind it and unfortunately um there's not much of that understanding coming from pop apologists i i, I will say like it really has wounded my heart the like if there's going to be theological discussion you have to have believe that the person is acting in good faith uh -huh. And I'm not going to go into the personal stuff, but um, how others have treated me mm -hmm. just when, not even when I decided to leave the Roman church, but when I was asking questions that yeah. challenge, like, you know, one, one person just 
that was at, and I knew, you know, a friend just like sent me anathemas from popes for what I was saying. And I'm like, yeah, but like my issue is that I, I'm not sure how to refute. I'm not sure how to support the anathemas or not. Yeah. Right. I need your help to work through this. And, um, and I find like, if we're going to do theology, if we're going to have these discussions and this dialogue that like, when I left the Roman church, I left it with the door open um, because I want to continue the dialogue because no one likes division, but we're all seeking truth, but that you need to have that goodwill knowing that the, each, each other is acting in good faith and you actually love each other, right? You're, you will the good of the other. Yeah. It's like, and, um, you'll get, uh, what's that? The one who wrote the religious sense, one of the new theologians, theology. He talks uh, about when it comes to the apologetic encounter, it truly is like, a kind of mingling of hearts and minds mm -hmm. when it comes into the the contemplation of truth and the the striving for it and it's like apologetics as as much i i'm i don't like apologetics too much i, I mean i engage in some polemics here and there on specific doctrines because from the nature of of what i do but uh apologetics divided from personal encounter is is never, never, never good. Like you, if, if you're sending, like, let's say you have a friend who's inquiring about Roman Catholicism and he's one of those evangelical Protestants, you shouldn't be sending me, sending him my videos or Michael Lofton videos or <laughs> Eric Ybarra videos or whatever videos you should be talking to him, talk to him. I mean, those videos can be helpful if you're not learned, but I mean, you should really uh, learn those things and then, go into kind of a, uh, a a communion with that person of intellect and of, of heart too there's there's definitely a huge um effective component when it comes to the ascent to certain propositions and i'm sure you felt that in um in converting too is it's it's not a completely detached sort of thing where you're just a robot like going through propositions one mm -hmm. by one it's it's really coming to love a certain idea in which you have come to understand you've already come to understand yeah no that's really good and i've been forming my thoughts on it because i wish i had that experience before i converted mm -hmm. right before i became anglican but I sort of had this time of isolation, which also like it, it, it is a challenge to those to the Roman Catholics I know, because you know I'm I'm I am still right the 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 man who knows the theology right yeah. I I'm the one with the theology degree I'm the head I was the head of the theology department right at the at the school and to know all that and to leave does sort of create a, I've noticed this sort of insecurity is like, well, if he knows all that, I'm like, well, yeah, like, I think I'm right. Like, I, I think, I think this is a logical conclusion and a good response mm -hmm. to the Roman church at this time. But more than that, it's not just this like collecting of data sets that I think yeah. some people view theology as like, I think. So if I was ever to come back to the Roman church, which given that, I'm not going to ascribe infallibility to myself, right? I will say, I, I will firmly say that I'm correct, but I will not say that I am infallible. So if I was to come back to the Roman church, it would be through friendship, which I think friendship is the place where that dialogue happens and where those moves happen. And, and you said, you just said it right there through which the dialogue happens. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was just talking with a, a couple of friends about this when I went up to visit Maryland is 
like education is basically bunk nowadays. It's just mm -hmm. absolutely terrible. Like dialogue and disputation is where is where learning happens. It's people following after a master and being formed to be a certain type of thinking person and to love and seek the truth. It isn't just downloading data sets to that person's brain, but mm -hmm. education is a lot more of an active experience, a lot more of a relational experience than people realize. And I mean, breed any of the great dialogues all the way going back to mm -hmm. the platonic dialogues, all the way into dialogues even written in the early 20th century by some Roman theologians. And if, if you if you see these, it's not it, it's not just as um, propositional in, in the sense of just uh, downloading data sets as we think. And social media does have certain advantages and disadvantages when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, when it comes to things like Twitter, that's actually, I, I will go out on a branch here and say that that's a little bit better for when it comes to one-on-one um, -on -one conversations. Mm -hmm. And then there's other mediums like YouTube doesn't do as good of a job, except people can watch dialogue happening, which is helpful. So it, in it, it basically the, yeah, watching dialogue <laughs> happen between us, we're dialoguing about dialogue right now. Right. So, um, Oh no, that sounds too much like a, a synod on synodality. We need to be careful here. <laughs> so, so yes. So I, I think we need to gear the apologetic task to the actual nature of the human person and the actual nature of assent to propositions rather than, um, certain, uh, new, very bad pedagogical theories and, and and part of that is right when you uh, i i will really throw at roman catholic friends is like okay like saint augustine argued against the donatist you can't just say we're not part of the church and have no relation we are brethren right yeah this goes very old like we are brothers right and i'll accept separate brethren i'm not offended but like we are brothers and we should love each other we should actually will the good of each other right mm -hmm. we should want to engage and want to have conversation which means we have to bear each other's burdens right which comes in it went because dialogue and friendship where one aspect of theology i don't think people really admit well enough is that when you're friends with someone you want the other person to be right you don't want to disagree with the other person mm -hmm. right so you're going to be pulled to try to like not to be disingenuous, but there is that sort of like natural pull that's hard to explain of like, I want to believe what the other person believes. And I don't want, even if it's like as a Roman Catholic, if you're friends with a, a Thomist and you're um, a, wrong, a, wrong, right. A, 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 a Molinist, whatever, right. You, you're going to want to, you're go, each is going to want to, the, the Dominican is want to be, believe what Molinist believes and most of them want believe what the Dominican believes or the Thomas believes, not because you disband truth, but because of the person. And then I find that it's going to, um, in that dialogue that, that is then not, you're not, you don't love the person just for the other person, but because you're both created and loved by God, yeah. that it's both going to lead you to God. Yet some can see, right? Well, if you're not Roman Catholic, then you're infectious. Right, your Protestantism will just spread, so we need to cut you, you know, we need to kick you out of our lives. I'm like, well, okay, I got you know, I, yeah, I, don't I, mean, that, I don't think it's biblical, but okay. I got a I got a healthy dose of of that too, as as you mm -hmm. know, from mm -hmm. 
from previous uh, experiences that happened to happen a uh, exactly one year ago today. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't hold any ill will, as I've said many times. So let's get back. There's some questions. Has did you have you ever read um, Eric Ybarra's articles or seen any of his videos, Jacob? Um, a, a little, not many. I don't know much about it. Yeah, he's a um, he's kind of in the circle of the reason and theology crowd. He he famously uh, just went at uh, him and Jay Dyer went at it on a papacy debate. Mm. Have you ever that that's a really it's a really good one. I'll need to make sure to watch it. Yeah, Jay Dyer, he got his his little butt kicked. Uh, just out of curiosity, what year was it that Apology Anglicana left Roman Catholicism and become Anglican? Um, one, two, three months ago. Yes. Hmm. Three months ago? I think it's been longer than that. Well, it, it was the first Sunday of Advent that like I was Oh, offic the... officially, officially yeah. when you're mm -hmm. yeah. So for yeah, me, it's like I, I... negative three months. Anglicanism <laughs> yeah. Anglicanism will let anyone in. For for me, mm -hmm. it's like I have to I have to give them a pint of my blood and like mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to on oh, please tell me sit on my head and please tell me you don't have to do RCA class. I, I do not. Um, oh, thanks for I talked to our common friend priest who happens to be in athens very nice and, yes. Uh, yes he's he will be receiving me in athens um on the easter vigil so jacob and i will be able to meet each other in person for the for the first time we're, if we're gonna, gonna be have, in athens well i'll be in athens but i'll be also serving at my parish but so i've thought about that and i'm i i will find no no, no i will come because knowing then there'll be a party or something hopefully um they're great people. So I'll, I'll get, I'll, we'll meet, we'll figure it out. Even, even then I'll probably, what, what I'm thinking of doing is I'll go the, the day before to um, down there because I mean, I have to do my first confession and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So it's not like you just show up to the parish on your night. And you're just like, Hey, I'm being received. How embarrassing you've sinned. <laughs> well, no, you Chris for you tonight. Okay. <laughs> Oh my. Do you know this joke? Orthodoxy or death? No. Oh, okay. I'm telling you the chill if you if <laughs> any of you if any of you watch anything of mine, watch the chill stream. It'll uh -huh. you I mean, because there's this tension sort of and I mean I, I I don't know if you've run into this. There's a tension between being personal and being fun and then being mm -hmm. um intellectual and being serious. Like there's this tension between the two where if like I just went like absolutely like proposition by proposition on, on here and was like never having fun, never like basically just reading off books mm -hmm. to you guys all the time, then you guys probably wouldn't like me too much. But if mm -hmm. I was also out here joking around all the time and like putting up stupid memes and stuff, then you guys wouldn't care what I have to say. So I have the chill stream once a week in order to kind of give however long, usually two and two, two and a half hours, just to, just to completely the personal side of myself and, and we have some fun. Mm -hmm. But I've, I heard people say that they laughed for like two hours while watching the, the last one. Okay. The woman ordination alone couldn't convince me to be an Anglican. 
I, I don't believe in woman's ordination. No one in the Anglican communion believes in woman's ordination. The Welby Faux communion, you, you know, if you want to go to England or go to a Episcopal church, that's another thing. Do you, do you, can, uh, do you consider Acna to be part of the Faux communion? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've thought about Acna. Um, REC is part of the real communion, but Acna's some guys. Um, I mean, but really, when you think about in in Anglican ecclesiology, the idea of a province and the idea of the communion is very artificial. So it's whoa. like you you could say individual dioceses are more or less participate in the faux communion versus more or less participate in the true Anglican communion. Well, when I say Anglican communion, I guess my emphasis is on the Anglican, not the communion. Yeah. Um, but so the 2019 Book of Common Prayer really isn't an Anglican book. It's more Anglican than the 79, right? That is, if we can know what things are, right? If we can know the essence of things, then we can actually know their qualities. And then and if Anglicanism means anything, then we can actually know if something's Anglican or not. So the RS, REC is Anglican, right? That's fair. What's what's the Platonic form of Anglicanism? The Platonic form of Anglicanism. I think it's Cranmer drinking sherry with Lizzie the First. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> let, me, let me try to think. <laughs> I, uh, what, would, what would my Platonic form of Anglicanism be? I think it's John Henry Newman converting to Roman Catholicism. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, no, right. Like, there's a tradition. There's a way we've done liturgy. There's a, and, and I, I'm not just talking about like the Book of Common Prayer, right? We've existed. I, I will include in the in Anglicanism how the ch Catholic Church has been expressed in the in England, and then how it's expanded through empire, glorious empire. Um, but. Yeah, I know you look at a Episcopal church or a a English right a church under Welby. I'm like, well, they don't do Anglican things. They don't believe Anglican things. There's not mm -hmm. there's not Anglican there. Acna. Um, my issue with Acna is that you you can't ordain women, which I understand that does not apply to all the provinces, but you cannot ordain women and say you believe in the scriptures. Yes. And in the sacraments. So you're violating the 39 articles by ordaining women. And I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if that's even if bishops who ordain women can validly ordain anyone. Oh, you've gotten a little bit into the into the continuing lore when it comes to that question. Well, I, I, I'm just saying it's doubtful. So, yeah, because uh, I mean, when you when you're when you are asking about the intent to ordain, can you really, if you have a, because usually when it comes to ordination services, you might have seven people being ordained at once. Then let's mm -hmm. say you have three women and four males and they're all being ordained basically at once. Could you say that he's intending to do what the Catholic church does? If he's outwardly and opening openly in this service, ordaining women, Doubtful. Well, not only that, so, so this is also a Roman issue because you had a lot of priests and a lot of bishops in the 70s who viewed the priesthood sort of at the social work role. So yeah. there's been discussion in the Roman church about whether, not on a too large a scale, but like were those really ordinations? Because if you're just intending to create a fancy social worker, mm -hmm. if you're basically this liberal French bishop, are you really intending to create a priest? Mm hmm. 
and I'm not gonna. I, I, that question isn't solved, and maybe there's I, I think it has some, to do with you know, it has to do with um it has to do with outward intent. Not really. That's why I made clear like when you have the three females and four males, there's a certain mm -hmm. outward intent that's present. Because mm -hmm. I mean, you can have with the intent of the heart, you could have some of the bourgeois uh, popes and some of the medieval bishops who were basically just ordaining because it's something they were forced to do and they didn't actually mm -hmm. really believe anything like I, I, it has to do with outward intent well, well the issue is it basically takes the issue is with an, when i say the novus ordo um ordinal i mean like before it's revised by jp2 and like right hot off the presses in the 70s yeah. coupled which stripped a lot of the language funny enough about priesthood and the role of the priest is offering sacrifice and then if the bishop in his homily if his understanding of the priesthood is devoid of any of the essential aspects of a priest right that's the roman issue right that's the roman argument is well yeah. especially under the reasoning of apostolic curia can you actually say that he ordained if there are all these elements of outward intent um which again right you know maybe well those priests are probably dead or dying so we probably those priests we probably don't need conditionally ordain but yeah no i, I i'm e even looking at acna i'm like well like church for the sake of others isn't going to have a valid bishop in a bit probably for you don't, those you don't two like, reasons you don't like the uh todd hunter bishop I, todd hunter i i don't i i know you're surprised but I, yeah i don't <laughs> But yeah, he, the, the story man, behind the story behind he, Todd Hunter is that he was like a what was he like a Baptist Presbyterian something like that, a like church planter guru, and then mm -hmm. they brought him into Anglicanism because he was so good at church planting. They're like, okay, you've been in here two years, let's make you a bishop. It's like, what's it's it not in an airport at all? What, what wasn't it in an airport? Was the Todd Hunter the airport consecration? <laughs> I, there was I, I don't know if it was him there was one that recently came up on twitter and like he was like consecrated in an airport which i thought of course being the sensitive man i am i really hope they kept the muslim pair rugs alone while doing their christian <laughs> consecration <laughs> yeah you you have a bunch of people calling of uh, the tsa because you have these guys in weird <laughs> weird dresses and funny hats i remember there was um at my at my old church the previous priest um he was very evangelical, so a lot of the people like he got baptized a second time because he didn't think that he felt it enough the first time and he wanted to experience it again like that sort of like evangelical sort of anglicanism quote-unquote in the in the acna and everybody learned like that and mm. you had the the former parish administrator she had like texted uh, the priest and saying like took a picture of somebody on the plane is like is this guy like a muslim terrorist mm -hmm. the guy <laughs> was wearing a cassock <laughs> like she had that's american seen religion. A, she had never oh, seen yeah. a cassock in her entire life mm. okay so how does this not lead to donatism oh well, because um, there could be impediments various impediments to um ordination and that would be one of the impediments would be a yeah, lack the, of intent. The issue isn't the morale, the good, or it's not the morality of the bishop. It's the outward intent of him, of his ordination. Yeah. That's where, like, uh, were you following at all um, River and I's discussion on, on woman's ordination? 
Yeah. Oh, wait, who's? Uh, New Kingdom Media. New Kingdom Media. No, I, I remember you mentioned something, and and but I never found it. Yeah, we uh, a few months ago. I think this was in a series of articles. I probably took them down. Uh, I should probably give out. Maybe later, if I dig them up, I'll give them to you to post on Apology Anglicana. Nice. But we went back and forth a little bit on whether the ordination of women was merely illicit or whether it was full-blown and valid. Mm-hmm. And now he's espounding a certain type of reformed Anglicanism where validity, mm-hmm. sacramental validity doesn't matter. He literally said that in a stream. Like, it doesn't matter whether your bishop or priests are, are valid. Like, who cares about that? Jesus doesn't care about that. Jesus doesn't care about the terms of his covenant, man. He just wants to be with you. And even though he's told you how he's going to be with you, he doesn't care about what he said about how he's going to be with you. He just just cares about you feeling good. Yep. That, which is a bit of a caricature of New Kingdom Media, to be fair. But still, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Covenant matters. So I think the Platonic form of Anglicanism <laughs> is King Henry VIII oh. dragging the statue of Washington through the mud. No. Oh man, was that was that Henry the? I think it was Henry the Eighth. Henry the Eighth should have been more because Henry the Eighth was a bit of a closet papist. Actually, it was outward yeah. papist, except he, he was, didn't like the Pope. Yeah. Um. So, what medieval errors? So, when you talk about Anglicanism cleansing medieval errors, what errors are you specifically talking about? <laughs> Did I mention medieval errors? I think um, I think John okay. Politis did, but generally, um, when when you have Reformed Catholicity, that's going to be the definition. Okay, 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 yeah. So, so if I was to think of anything, right, one in a re, one the entire sort of call of ad fontes, right, uh, that you see in the medieval times, and I don't think you can really deny this, yeah. that there is a move away from the scriptures being the matter upon from which all theology comes in some groups in the fathers right i don't know any father who's really going to deny that that it's that that i think in some in in the medieval times when it comes to Oh, oh, it's in the, medieval, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the medieval in the medieval yeah no no it's not everyone there's some that there's some groups because i mean like saint thomas mm-hmm. aquinas he was wonderful when it comes to oh, the great. supremacy and centrality of scripture but yeah, some th- groups yeah so, so you have this sufficiency of scripture that's emphasized in the church fathers and in, you know scripture itself and uh-huh. in saint thomas and in the medievals but you then over time you have this shift away so a great example is saint mark of ephesus who is not scholastic, but he's at that time where you've seen that, yes, he's appealing to scripture, but you see that the liturgical tradition and the precedent has become more emphasized than the scriptures themselves. Now, I agree with St. Thomas saying that liturgy and doctors are probable authorities, right? But um, you see the overemphasis of of this sort of uh of the doctors of fathers of liturgical tradition that really isn't those aren't done as despite what people think um liturgical developments don't happen by saints they happen by practical people just trying to yeah do liturgy do so, liturgy in a way that works yeah right 
uh, and we it's interesting when you read how like oh this thing we thought was ancient it actually only goes back to the 10th century and we found a manuscript that has the insertion that then got incorporated into the text yeah so it, it, you have this return ad fontes like no scripture is the mat material from which all theology has to come from truth is higher than authority because the true authority is Jesus Christ, who is truth. So yes. you can't say that you have authority to, to um, believe error and sort of certain excesses that develop, right? Um, because you, and you have disagreement in the Roman church, right? It about, uh, it's been, for, it's been since university, since I've really had to study this, um, Condine, incro condine incongruous merit, right? Yes. Which, which you had a semi-Pelagianism, regardless of what you think about Trent, you had a semi-Pelagianism creeping into the church and really affecting parish life, amongst other things. Correct. So you have these accretions that even Romanists would say that is not good. So you have the purging of it. So now I think we can all we can all agree here that there was medieval errors. That was the purpose of the Council yeah. of Trent is to reform mm -hmm. medieval errors. That was the purpose of the Council of Constance to reform medieval errors. Like all of these medieval councils, they were trying to reform medieval errors. And uh, I, I don't think that we have to disagree on the fact of the necessity of reformation, but we can disagree heartily on the mode of reformation that was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have, so for example, the one that are, is the more feisty one is, is going to revolve around, well, I, I don't know, maybe this is, we would have more agreement on this, but sort of this misuse of the saints, right? I think mm -hmm. we could see there's this like, no, like Mary is not doing things for you and the devotional literature. Um, I do wonder if the, some of the devotional literature around Mary makes you uncomfortable as it makes me uncomfortable because it does elevate her to a place that Rome, not even Rome's theology as present kind of does. Um, and then of yeah. course there's like what we would see as a scholastic innovation is transubstantiation, which I, I you know, uh, Melissa Thomas should do like a video about or something. <laughs> Actually it was so for the people listening and for Jacob, I had forgot that because I mean, I have like 10 different interviews planned ahead so I had forgot that this interview was tonight when I recorded that video yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I, did, I didn't mean to just be like smash and then next night. Well, okay, fine. let's have a cordial talk. Yeah, it's totally fine. I, don't, yeah. I, 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 I want the discussion to happen. When it, when it comes to um, piety, I think that something that was very advent, and I'm, and I'm going to actually do a whole video on this. Something I think was very advantageous to myself was that I came from an office praying background. Mm -hmm. is that in Anglican piety, uh, the office is central. And in the East too, the office is central. But in normal Latin parish right, um, parish life, the office is not central. Mm -hmm. You may have other private devotions like the rosary or um, certain certain other litanies or stuff like that. That's all fine. I, I'm not denigrating any of that stuff. You may disagree with me on that. But I'm not denigrating the, the value of those things. But those are private devotions. And it should have that subordinate place to the public devotion of the church, which is the office, which has been always and everywhere practiced in the church in its various forms and rites. So, I mean, you go back to Tertullian and, and some of the second century fathers, and they were praying a certain type of office. Even back to the Didache, they're talking about a very um, 
a very seed form of the office and praying the Our Father at different parts of the day, but it's still an office. And I think something that the the ordinariate is really going to enrich the Latin church with is a love and practice of the office as the central um, devotion of the church rather than the, the, the public other public devotion, which is the Eucharist. Yeah. The, the overemphasis on the rosary, which of mm -hmm. course you have some Roman Catholics who would think, you know, it's like overemphasis on the rosary, like, yeah, overemphasis on the rosary that can exist. Right. It's mm -hmm. like you need to pray your rosary every day. Otherwise, the reign of Mary won't come or the third seeker of Fatima won't be revealed or, well, Mary said so. I'm like, but scripture did not give us this commandment. So you cannot impose upon others. Or what happens more often is like, oh, you don't pray your rosary. Oh, it's, it's, and again, part of that is theological. Part of that is, um, is an abuse, right? That needs to be corrected. But I will say, like, the thing that I value in the Anglican patrimony is the centrality of scripture, which is uh -huh. part of that office devotion is like, no, yes. we are reformed, uh, you know, in the Psalter, the wicked are those who refuse to be reformed, reformed unto what reformed unto the scriptures. Yes. Not Marian apparitions, not whatever. Yeah, those, those things themselves are private revelations that don't mm -hmm. bind the faithful. Yeah. When we started the, Rad trads are going to be mad about me for this. We just lost like six people when we started that discussion. Sorry. It, yeah, I think it's a it's a valid. I, I don't think I have to be to be bound to later Western, um, merely Western traditions. And again, I am not at all denigrating these devotions. I think they're very helpful. And if you if you have the time in your day and you've prayed at minimum, uh, matins and even song, morning and evening prayer, or, or whatever form you do it in. If you do it in the shortened uh, St. Gregory's form, great. If you do a shortened office because you, you work a full-time job and you don't necessarily have all the time in the world to pray, then that that's great. But you should have some sort of rule of prayer in accordance with the public prayer of the church. And then these private devotions, which may be for certain intentions or maybe to... Uh, to, to, to reach different aspects of your soul, those are great. But again, it's, it, it comes after it's, it's a secondary and derivative thing, not necessarily something which is essential. Like you don't have to pray the rosary to, to be saved. There's completely mm -hmm. different. There's a completely different Eastern tradition of the church, which it's not part of their patrimony to pray the rosary. That's just, and that's, that's fine. Um, I think they would be uh, enriched if they did, but that's fine if you if that's not part of your patrimony. Okay, so do you believe in the filioque way? Yeah. This is this is my yes. favorite favorite comment ever. Let anyone who calls the filioque <laughs> anathema be anathema. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't get the issue. It, yeah, me it, neither. Because I mean, if you read certain Eastern writers and, and like the whole, have you read the document of the, basically the document of agreement on the filioque between the East and the West, where mm -hmm. they had like, okay, this is what each of us means. And they're actually in line with each other. And if you want to be in union with Rome and you're in the East, and this is what you're saying, as long as you're not condemning this, then you're fine. 
And if you want to be in community with the East, and this is what you're saying, as long as you're not saying this, then you're fine. And neither sides are moving into these condemned areas that previously they had thought that the other one was. Yeah, right. So the, the Holy Ghost originates from the Father alone, right, by means yes. of the Son. Yes. Um, if you want to use instrumentality language, or simply St. John of Damascus, the Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father and resteth in the Son. Mm -hmm. Um. I. I, I I think I, I I don't know I I don't take the I don't know I think it's fine I, I'm not convinced by the canonical argument that some Easterns try to make. But I'm gonna find the section and there's a good section in Thomas on this real quick. Why don't you answer another question while I look for that? Sure. Okay. What do you what does the new apology Anglicana think about justification? Yeah. So so I would accept sort of. What I think is the standard Protestant take, which is that justification is by faith alone, right? So faith is infused into the soul, and then imputation happens. And what binds you to Christ is the means, but what binds you to Christ is the faith. And then that is oriented necessarily towards hope and charity, which is fulfilled if you, um, if you persevere in that faith unto unto uh, glorification so looking for this quote so uh um, keep going keep going on justification keep it up i don't, I don't want to answer, a different, want to answer uh, a different question yeah let's do an answer question different question okay let me look i i, I could i could deal with whatever's happening with john politis <laughs> john politis posting oh mm -hmm. he's he's had um yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll deal with one. Uh, I can't do the fancy pull it up thing, but jump. Uh, what what time is I, it at? I'll pull it up for you. What time is it at? Uh, it is at eight thirty three p.m. by John Politis. Um, pull it up. It's the reasons I became Anglican. Um, are as follows for me. The main issue was that I believed Anglican orders be valid. Another issue was mandatory celibacy. Uh, if those are your reasons to become Anglican, you, those are bad reasons, uh, because Eastern Catholic churches, the the Uniate churches, they have they don't have mandatory celibacy, and they have valid orders. Um, so yeah, I, I don't agree with mandatory celibacy. But I, I don't. I don't think that really makes or breaks it what, per se. What do you mean you don't agree with it? You don't think that it can be used as a discipline within the within the church as a prudential manner? Well, I think if it can be, it's 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 not prudential at least right now, right? So so it's a bad prudential decision to keep clerical celibacy. I would I would generally agree with that. And um, then because you, you know you know I think we've had we've had talks about this, but I'm a little bit more of a of a liberal when it comes to mm -hmm. the issue of clerical celibacy. Brad uh, Treads leave again. Yeah, right. And, and I, I, I'm working it out and I'm right. What is the relationship between the natural law and the, um, and sort of positive law that is, mm -hmm. could it be justifiable? And I, I, I'm not sure how I'd answer that question. I will say, right, I like clerical celibacy if it's like something you discern, right? I, I really like the image of a cleric of a of a celibate 
parish priest, right? I think that could be a good thing. But also, mm -hmm. I've known so many good married priests. I will say that in and these you, these priests are Roman Catholic priests, correct? Um, well, Anglican and Roman Catholic on both mm -hmm. sides. I know many Anglican and Roman Catholic married and celibate on both sides priests. Very good. And though I will say, if you were a bishop in the Middle Ages and you had um, sodomy issues with your priests and and priests fornicating, and I'm like, well, I think you could argue that, like, I think Epikai would demand that you release the obligation, at least for the time. Yeah. But, like, I, like, that is, like, if you actually believe what the Book of Common Prayer says about what marriage is for, I don't know how you don't, right? Because, like, that is what God has given us to. Because marriage is for the, um, what, what is what is exactly it say in the marriage homily? It's for the um, something of sin. Right, writing order right ordering of the desires and the oh gosh this is gonna kill me yeah it's like the dampening of sin or like the withholding of concupiscence or something or so, so something like that i don't know the exact the exact Wait. language is good there we go um first it was ordained for the procreation of children to, to be brought up in the fear and nurture of the lord and to pray into the praise of his holy name secondly it was ordained for a remedy against sin and to avoid fornication, that such yes. persons as have not the gift of continence might marry and keep themselves undefiled members of Christ's body. Thirdly, it was ordained for the mutual society. Okay, here it is. So right up here, hence also the Greeks themselves recognize that the procession of the Holy Spirit has some order to the Son. For they grant that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Son, and that he is from the Father through the Son. Some of them are said also to concede that he is from the sun or that he flows from the sun, but not that he proceeds, which seems to come from ignorance or obstinacy. For a just consideration of the truth will convince anyone that the word procession is the one most commonly applied to all that denotes origin of any kind. For we use the term to demonstrate any kind of origin, as when we say a line proceeds from a point, a ray from the sun, a stream from a source, and likewise in everything else. Hence, granted that the Holy Spirit originates in any way from the sun, we can conclude that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the sun. Yeah, and, and I think there may be, some have argued that there's a lost in translation moment here where, yeah. well, prochedit does not mean ekparasis, and, and I think the work that's been done lately. Now, there are some Eastern apologetics that are like, no, like, there's no, like, there's no way in which case the filioque is true, except in this economic sense that just talks about the ordering of creation. I'm like, okay, that's not even like a Eastern, like, that's modern Eastern Orthodox apologetics. That isn't even like, they act as if that's the broad opinion of the East. And it's not, yeah. it really isn't. So low church Anglicanism isn't based. It's just a bunch of boomers who don't know how to read rubrics. I think that's like any, uh, any, anywhere boomers any congregate. Anglican church. No, no, anywhere boomers congregate. Yeah, like that's your Novus Ordo, your average Novus Ordo. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's then pff, pff, Puritans were based. No, I'm sure we <laughs> both agree with this. Puritans were not um, based. The word is dissenters. Uh-huh. Nonconformists. Nonconformists. Okay. Let me see. 
okay, any book recommendations for getting into theology? Well, if you want the Catholic view, I think honestly getting into theology, the Catechism of the Catholic Church is is really great. It's it's honestly a really wonderful, beautifully written book that's going to go over the scope of doctrine. It's an official manner, uh, an official uh, work, and also it's as it says in the in the introduction from uh, Pope John Paul II's um, imprimatur to it. It's for ecumenism that when it comes to okay, what we disagree on these issues. Where is the Roman Catholic stance going to be where we disagree? What do we have to get over in our apologetics? That's going to be in the catechism. Sorry, I'm looking at my library. Wagner um, be like, consume pen. Consume pen. <laughs> um, so if you want a good uh, Roman catechism, modern, modern Roman catechism, which I feel has a pretty faithful treatment of sort of that new stream of theology that comes after the council. Uh, this one recently published with theological commentary. Who, who does the theological commentary? Um, well, it's edited by uh, Archbishop Reno Fischella and it has different authors that do the commentary throughout. Oh, so it's like uh, taking certain, um, certain things from, people's works yeah no it, it was i believe it was commissioned by rome so oh okay it, so it was overseen so it's but it's yeah it's not magisterial so the, the commentary doesn't have magisterial weight but it's approved by rome that's why i say well it there are going to be this will contain things romanists fight about but it's good i like it yeah. um then, and then for anglicanism for Anglican, um, sorry, i have so many Roman i think Catholics. um i think a really good work is archbishop you know not archbishop bishop forbes uh commentary on the nicene creed for a more introductory text that's general dogmatic theology that we agree a lot on and his mm. commentary on the 39 articles is also really good published in two volumes by nashoda house press i think is who does it both very good books yeah um for anglicanism the book of common prayer like i really would say like if you want to do theology you should be praying matins and even song right that is the beginning of theology which is the prayer life going to church um receiving the eucharist that is like the beginning of theology then read the catechism and then read the 39 articles then um one i've really liked is 39 articles by bicknell oh Bicknell. Thanks, th thanks. By the way, I sold I sold him that book. <laughs> so Bicknell is really good. Um, Martin Luther's writings. I really sympathize with Luther. Terrible. I love I love Martin Luther's I am writings. Not a Luther stan at all. Like um, I, I'm I'm like I'm one of the most ironic Catholics when it comes to the Protestant mm -hmm, tradition. You'll get. Mm -hmm. I like actively will quote uh, Protestant scholastics when mm -hmm. I write. But Luther gives me a headache, and it makes I me want him. to blow my. He's just terrible. He's so it's good. horrible. I mean, so, that's perfect Romanish fashion for you to like Luther. <laughs> I, I I will say it does make me like Pope Francis, I guess. But <laughs> um, my favorite part of Pope Francis is his view of Luther. No, because even that's uh, that's uh, inconsistent. But yeah, no, it, it's this. Uh, well, one, as a Roman Catholic, becoming Protestant, right? 
reading through Luther is like, oh, we're dealing with very similar issues. So I would yeah. say any everyone, no matter who you are, you should re read the 95 Theses. If you are a Roman Catholic and you critique Luther, uh, well, yeah. So, well, first, if you're a Roman Catholic and you're going to critique Luther for his 95 Theses, you better have read them because it's not like they're that long. But also Babylonian captivity of the church is good. I think good. Babylonian captivity is is a much better work to get the the thought of at least early Luther. So the thing you have to understand, Roman Catholics, um, about Luther is a lot of them are like, ooh, look at these terrible things Luther says. Like, Lutherans must be horrible. Well, Luther and the Lutherans are completely different beasts to fight mm -hmm. because Lutheran confessionalism has has went in a different direction than Luther, which is why so many traditions can claim Luther as a as a sort of patriarch to um to look back to like Anglicans and Reformed and Lutherans can not oh, equally, he's not patriarch, but they I all <laughs> a, a a certain fatherly uh, sort of mm -hmm. head to, yeah. to look back on um but yeah, when it comes to the Babylonian captivity of the church, it talks about the sacramental principle and then freedom of the Christian talks about his soteriological principle. Not that the two are separated, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, it, it, it's, and I will say, right. When people talk about how awful so-and-so is, I'm like, you know, I'm a, like, I'm a terrible person. I remember teaching uh, theology in high school. I'm like, I'm a, I'm not a good person. Right. You do not believe what I say. Because like like I am replete with flaws and, and misery, but like it's because uh, of of the truth and of what I present. That's why it's, it's mostly it. why I don't like Luther too. Is because I <laughs> like his method of theology, his uh, his general inconsistency. I don't like thinkers that that are that sporadic. Because Luther, mm. like the way in which I had a professor put it in reformation history is that luther was just a trailblazer going out there just like mm. he was on the front lines just slaughtering papists and mm, just yeah. fighting and fighting the fight and then you have like calvin and in the later the later area of confessionalism is the confessionalization of the protestant faith is a little bit like they're starting to build towns and cities and they're they're populating the the land mm -hmm. so you're you're having two completely different types of of theology being done and that sort of trailblazing theology which can come along with a lot of inconsistencies i mm -hmm. that's just not my taste it's not yeah. my cup of tea but i mean there's even catholic thinkers where that's that's true also yeah. i mean a little bit you'll get a little bit in some of um saint augustine's soteriological thought where he becomes a trailblazer against um against the both the donatists and the Pelagians, mm -hmm. where he'll say he'll actually go a little far in some areas and uh, hold the views that were later not accepted in the in the Church Catholic. I I, I will say um, Archbishop Lefebvre is actually sort of this modern day image, right? Modern Luther, um, modern Augustine, of course. <laughs> um, let, let, you know, lest I just get death threats from the tradies online, but uh, no, because like like Archbishop Lefebvre was a very practical man. I think like he didn't develop a systematic theology because all he knew or all he was responding to is like, hey, I know what I was taught when I was a kid, what the Catholic faith is, and you know what you're taught as a Catholic faith, and this is not the Catholic faith. Therefore, yeah. if it's wrong, if there's 
discontinuity contradiction, then we just hold to what the Catholic faith is because this can't be it. Now, there's good work happening in the society and whether it continues as a good entity really depends on if it can create a systematic theology uh, because Lefebvre really needs a Melanchthon. Um, I, 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 I guess there's no equivalent for that for Augustine, but like he does like, and there's been that work of systematizing, but when you're re reacting to an era of your time, it's very hard to create a cohesive whole because you're just like, good heavens what is this it's evil yeah you're you're fighting on a lot of fronts mm -hmm. okay champolitis i'm gonna i'm actually gonna finish the stream with this because i should be i work in the morning so i'm lame and i'm gonna not go past two hours That's so have i ever heard of the via media reformed catholic you know i'm sorry mr politis but if you're going to compare the term reformed catholic to the via media that right off the bat shows me that you really don't know what you're talking about when it comes to a general protestant view because um when it comes to what a reformed catholic is that would be vermigli that would be tertulli i mean a turretin that would be booser that would be even some would say calvin and um that would be zanke and um that would be these guys. These guys are the Reformed Catholics. John Davenant, um, Bishop John Davenant, that is. Um, these guys are the Reformed Catholics. But when you come to the even the idea of a systematizing of the Via Media, that is the what we would call the, I don't know, Reformed Papists. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's even a, even a word. Um, because that would be more like... Um, the, it's so hard because when it comes to Anglo-Catholic, like you're Mr. Plytus, you are an Anglo-Catholic. You are not a Reformed Catholic. Like those are completely different categories, no matter how you uh, define it. Even though some may argue Reformed Cat Catholicity as a hermeneutic may have some place in defining Anglo-Catholicism. Mm. Reformed Anglicanism is Anglo-Catholicism. Whatever. Uh, I, I, I will. I, I will. Uh, yeah, no, John is saying things that are of no consequence, uh, at least many things. Uh, one well, correction. Oh, um, well, I don't know. He, he's kind of. Can I cuss? Can I cuss? Um, depends on how bad the cuss word is. Um, oh, we, we have a private chat. Uh, we have a private chat. Oh, very good. Okay. Everybody starts hopping on the stream now. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Okay, so he's just shit posting, and um, I'm not, and of course, I'm not gonna say it's all incorrect. He's saying some true things, but I think he's being a bit odd. Like he said, like, oh, the ordinary is just the Novus Ordo, but like with fancy language, like, no, um, meet and right, so to do, and it is right and just. Like those, those aren't Elizabethan. Like, no, this, it took prayer book English, right? It's not just the Novus Ordo. Um, brought into whatever, but uh, this I don't know. I on my Twitter on my Twitter bio, I do call myself a Reformed Catholic. Yeah, um, but that's with an I would not call myself like a Reformed Anglican. Right. Yeah. I, 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 you, I don't. I you don't like I, the you like the Elizabethan settlement though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ever heard of the Caroline Divines? 
on honestly <laughs> stop okay i'm i'm gonna you know what i i might cuss now stop stop the stop the bullshit when it comes to the caroline divines and the non-jurors read them read them they would be condemning a lot of the what they would call papist tendencies like you you may claim some sort of patrimony with them but this is just what just very much annoyed me in um within anglicanism and uh the sort of the sort of uh from some groups the almost propaganda you got is like this this claim of a pure remnant this pure Numenite rem rem remnant that was just all always there in Anglicanism. Like, no, it was, it was the reformed, basically the continental reformed church in England. That's what Anglicanism was like. The prayer book is the best example of a reformed liturgy, but the prayer book had influences from Bucer. Um, Vermigli was one of the most popular uh, theologians in England and influenced uh, many, um, many people in England through his, his teaching, uh, John Davenant, like these guys are, are, have a very Catholic sense to them, but they aren't, they aren't the Tractarians, ritualists and Anglo-Catholics. They just aren't, they would condemn them. They would be disgusted by them, honestly, in a lot of senses by some of the th stuff they're doing. So don't claim this just like pure continuity. You can claim a development. That's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you from this. Yeah. I I'm willing to say that there are people who are wrong. Right. But like, like you're, you're, but you, on the other hand, uh, Jacob, you're in um, the, the part of Anglo Catholicism that, that you're in it, it doesn't really have the same sort of aura to it. The same sort of just like almost propaganda level history mm. because it's just a butchering. Yeah. Like, like, look at this. Look at this. It's astounding. One minute. Like this and this. I bought a book and I bought a second book. You know what these are? What is it? They're history books. <laughs> They're history books because I care about history. Also, I, I you know I have to learn about English history. But um, but yeah, just so, on, honestly, if you, if all you really need to do to to get what I'm saying is to just read these guys. Don't just read about them. Don't just like read Lancelot Andrews. Um, he read for example. I've, just a quick example. Read his uh, exposition of the faith. I can't remember what volume. He basically has kind of like a catechetical text. Read this thing and read what he says about images. Read what he says about images. Mm -hmm. He harshly condemns the Seventh Ecumenical Council. And he thinks any images of Christ would be idolatrous and against the Second Commandment. He didn't believe in images of, of Christ. So to say like, oh, Lancelot Andrews was basically like an Anglo-Catholic before the Anglo-Catholics. No, he was not. Not at all. Mm. Okay. <laughs> rant, rant over, rant over. Wait, highlight, highlight the most la the latest comment. I like it. Is it Salisbury <laughs> a type of steak? 
the serum, the serum use. Serum, serum, my serum Jenner. So do you enjoy watching Dr. James White? Do you want? Well, I'll say, yes, I do. Uh, what about you? Um. Well, actually, no, I don't watch I mean, him. I listen to him. Yeah, from, I mean, I started listening to him when I was about 16 years old. And I listened to the dividing line, like, very continuously up until, I'd say, year, year and a half ago. I was a very devoted listener to the dividing line. I thought he had some really good stuff. But, I mean, now I'm in a different stage in life. And having parroted a lot of the weird stuff that he says and then just getting absolutely annihilated because they were wrong. But I mean, he has, he has some good stuff. I mean, if I'm going to look for somebody against Muslims or, um, or some groups, then I don't see, or against, for example, the anti-textual criticism group, like, I don't see what's wrong with that. But I mean, I'm very selective because he is a Baptist and Baptists, like, no good. Yeah, I still listen to the dividing line. Um, obviously, I don't agree. There's some I skip because you know there's something. Talks good. about COVID for like two hours. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here. <laughs> You're here I'm, for the COVID stuff. <laughs> I am. I'm totally here for it. Those are the ones I, I skip. Oh no, I love it. No, because I think uh, I I I I really do believe that it's like it's a practical application of theology, and I think yeah. he makes good points there. Um, but like his his like analysis of Roman Catholicism isn't great um, because yes, Roman Catholics believe the things he critiques, but not every Roman Catholic is a Molinist. So yeah. against Molinism, he's great. Okay, so do you think Rome should allow the use of the serum right vernacular? Um, I guess I just don't see the the point of it like i really honestly don't see the like a lot of people are really i'm not saying anything against you bully but a lot of people are really gung-ho about the the serum right like oh we got to get back the serum right it's so great but i mean just if you're gonna do a mass in latin why go through all of these like basically because all the serum right is, is a weird particularization of the medieval uh western latin right and there's some interesting points about it like uh different liturgical colors and then certain different uh liturgical acts and a few different prayers added in uh, but it's it's nothing like you read the serum right and it's like the difference between like the byzantine right and the cap and the western latin right it's just like sure if you want to do the latin mass but have a few different changes but i don't really get the point because then, like, what layman is going to look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, this is different than the TLM that I have down the street. This is so cool in serum and stuff. Christian, we, we know the exact layman who will do just that. <laughs> that. Yeah. They're, they're the best are. layman. My yeah. favorite layman. The ones that, like, my, my former priest tells a story about when he was in the continuum and they had a mass. And they, I think it was that they like rent, they couldn't find a lighter or something on Sunday morning, something really oh, minor. Oh. So they had the candles on the altar, but they just didn't, they just didn't light them, which is oh, that's really, sad. it's the historic tractarian practice of candles on the altar. 
But somebody halfway through the mass stood up and questioned the validity of the mass because they didn't have the candles lit. That's the most Anglican thing. <laughs> that is, that, if you guys want an explanation of the continuum, there it is. <laughs> if there aren't, if the candles aren't lit, is it really a mass? Okay, who has better vestments, Romanists or Baptists? <laughs> Depends on which Romanist. Sometimes, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna do vestments, do good vestments. Like yeah, um, that or don't wear them. But at all. Like silk fiddlebacks, they're the best. But man, those suits, those Baptist There's, suits. Yeah, you, you run into those. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen a mass celebrated by a priest in a suit and then collar? Those are. <laughs> um. All you need is a, a is a surplus and a stole. Peak that's, performed. Anglican. That's what Father Father Boomer told me. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, technically, all you really need is is a stole. No, that's really no, essential. No, no, you don't need a surplus. Oh yeah, I guess you need that. Help. You could just do a cassock and stole. Or I've seen yeah. a priest even just do clericals and stole. Okay, fiddlebacks are big gay. Yeah, no you. No. <laughs> okay i do have to go i have mm -hmm. to wake up early in the morning i'm sorry everybody that i have to be lame and finish the stream at this time at an appropriate hour yeah it's only 9 35 i should just not sleep um but <laughs> thank you thank you everybody a lot of you have have stayed for the entire two hours which i was i was surprised by but i guess everybody can't get enough of jacob so i really uh, am the best you really are the best so don't forget um if you like this episode and you do not follow me to first and foremost smash that subscribe button and then also helpfully uh in the description below after it gets edited by my wife you'll find the link tree where you can find all of my links but if not you can just go over to the channel page and the, the link tree should be there and there you can find facebook uh Twitter, basically wherever you want to find me, even Instagram. My wife posts some lovely posts about every feast day, and they're very lovely. And um, if you really, really appreciate me and you want to show it, become a patron. And you get access to a bunch of cool things. You get some extra channels in the Discord. You get a weekly article from myself um, that nobody else in the world gets to see besides you. It's just for you, and you are in my mind when I write it. <laughs> And that is that is all. So, um, anything you wanna you wanna leave us off with? Uh, plug yourself. Plug anything you got going on. Yeah, totally. Um, well, first, I just want to thank you for the for the discussion. I like to be able to have this pleasant discussions and disagree and be charitable and be friendly. So that's good. I always appreciate that. I'll be praying for uh, the unity of our churches as we all should um for plugs right so my the project of which i am the i need a fancier title the grand editor um so i, I am the grand editor of apologia anglicana so add apologia anglicana on twitter or apologia anglicana on dot org um, my personal one is at jacob pmw so um and i post some different stuff so i'll have stuff that doesn't really fit in line with apologia's purpose I have some thoughts on some political stuff, which I'll have to set up a separate blog for. Um, I've decided to do a YouTube channel in addition to Odyssey because 
as much as I don't like YouTube, I'll take up their free storage space until they kick me off. If they ever do. <laughs> so that's what and I'm like, well, I, I do want the outreach. And that's how I was helped by searching, you know, Anglican and YouTube, uh, which I would like to do live streams. All the cool kids are doing live streams. And um, yeah, I, he's doing cool he, he's doing live streams. Right. And um, or like talking with people about theology while playing video games sounds fun. I'll probably make me try something tomorrow. I don't know. Um, be, a, be a streamer boy. I'll be I'll be a streamer boy. I guess. See, that's the <laughs> thing. I'm like I'm. Te I think I'm technically like Gen Z, but I just I just feel so much like a boomer, man. <laughs> it's like I don't I don't I know how to use technology, but I don't know like streaming now and you're watching people play video games. It's it's like awesome to watch, but. Um, so I'll try that and I'll see if anyone actually bothers to listen and watch, but okay. um, stay tuned for that. And I've, I've sent you the, the links and all that to post. Okay. That sounds good. And I will, that's right in the private chat. I'm just going to throw that in the, Oh, I have a Patreon, right? I need money. Live chat. I'm poor. Okay. And to <laughs> the uh, conclusion, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I like, completely forgot about it. I'm like, wait yes. a minute. I like, like I, 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 this costs money to do. Um, it does. It does actually cost a fair bit of money. Like you guys would be very surprised. Just the building upon of different subscription services that take out of my bank account monthly. It's, it's surprising. And then buying new equipment and stuff. So uh, definitely help Jacob out. Yes. Please, if you like my content, pay me. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I think that's all we have. So um, God bless everybody, and you all have a wonderful evening. Lord.